Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord God, thank you for community. Thank you for being able to share in each other's lives, in each other's joys, weird fears. We are able to laugh with each other and joke with each other. Thank you for the intimacy of this little family. Thank you for a time where we can get together and just take a breath before the week starts. If we can catch up with each other, but that also we can spend a little time with you. Thank you that the heat of the day is starting to break, that all of us who felt like wilted versions of ourselves can now start to relax a bit. Be with us here, now. Be with me. As I talk about what I think you put on my heart to talk about, That we are all able to hear and take it with us into the week ahead. I pray this in your name alone, Jesus Christ our Savior, God our Creator, and the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Amen. Okay, so today is the first Sunday. It's interesting, it's, I, I can't remember when this last happened, that the first Sunday of Advent was also the first Sunday of December. Lots of times it starts in November already. So that's why I have this big candle and why I have brought my own lighter, because I can't do the fire the matches. <clears throat> they make me nervous. So we are lighting the first candle of Advent. If you want to be creative, well, you don't have to be creative. If you want to celebrate Advent further than next week, um, normally in Advent, uh, it, well, in Advent, what do we call it? Uh, um, what is a crancy? Um, why can't I think of the word? Advent wreath. Yeah, Advent wreath. Thank you very much, Meryl. An Advent wreath has got uh, four candles for the four weeks before Christmas and then a candle in the middle for Christmas Day. And each Sunday you light um, the candle. That's the way Woolworths and all of those people get their Advent calendar, because normally you had small candles for every day as well. But now, I mean, who would want to, eat, who would want to light the candle if you could eat a piece of chocolate for every day, especially if you're a kid? So you've got the four candles. The third candle is only a pink candle because of the joy. Uh, so if you want to do that at home, you're more than welcome, it's really special, something that you can do. Advent is, is the Latin for, who knows, this is a quiz. You suck at quizzes. <laughs> Advent is the Latin for coming. Marguerite dance, now you know it. Marguerite, you should open your mouth. It's the Latin for coming which means in the time of Advent, the four weeks before Christmas, 
We are celebrating, awaiting the coming of. Yes, Jesus is the answer. Did <laughs> 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 you actually say amen? Christmas, Christmas. Yeah, true thing. Uh, some people not necessarily say that Christmas can be Christmas without Jesus. <clears throat> not yes. There are most people who celebrate Christmas without Jesus. So I gave you the answer. Yes, the answer is Jesus. Advent is about our waiting on the coming of Christ, which is where Christmas comes from. So. And this is our first week. The interesting thing is that in our waiting for the coming of Christ, there are actually two comings that we are waiting for. And the first one all of us know well. The first one is about Jesus Christ himself coming. We know the history of Israel, a long history of uh, people's failure to do what they need to do to be in the best relationship with each other and with God. Failure upon failure upon failure, with the second chance, third chance, fourth chance, fifth hundred chance from God. In the end, he decides to send his, himself, his son. So, especially in Luke, we find the story of Jesus is coming very beautifully told. We hear about Mary's um, song of praise when she finds out that she is carrying the Messiah. She goes to visit Elizabeth, who is carrying John the Baptist. And Elizabeth, well, it's, it's all, Luke is like a musical because Elizabeth, she goes into song about the Messiah. And then Mary also goes into song about the Messiah, the one who comes to save, to seek and save the lost who will restore Israel, restore God's people, etc., etc. We all know later on when Jesus is born, an angel appears to shepherds outside and tells them about the great news, the great hiding of good news, that a Savior is born. We know, this is in Luke 2, we know in Luke 4, because Luke jumps, skips the Jesus as a child part. He jumps right into Jesus' baptism. Then he is taken into the desert to be tempted. And then when he comes back, he does his mission statement in a synagogue in Capernaum, his home city. Sorry, Nazareth, his home city. And he makes a declaration, and it's from Isaiah. And what does he say? I'm here to feed the hungry, to bring hope to those without hope, to heal the sick, to set the prisoners free. This is the year of our Lord, the Sabbath year of our Lord, which is beautiful because in a Sabbath year, also called the Jubilee year, it happened every seven years. What happened is that all debt, obviously just in the Jewish context between Jews, if you had a debt with a Jew and you were not a Jew, this did not apply to you. But in the Sabbath year, in the Jubilee year, all debts were written off. So when Jesus comes and says, I have, I'm bringing the Sabbath year, the Jubilee year, all Jubilee years, it's because all debts will be written off. That's his introduction. We know his story. We've heard so many times all of the things, because he starts doing that. He says, I'm bringing the kingdom. These are the things I'm going to do, and he does that. 
He heals sick people. He sets people free. He he teaches them. He he brings the kingdom. And of course, the high point of bringing the kingdom is actually the low point for the rest of us watching the story, because that's when he gives all of himself in his crucifixion and death. But because of that giving all, we know on the third day he is resurrected and he is he goes up he ascends to heaven from where he sends the Holy Spirit. So this is all good news to us. And this is what we think about when we think about the coming of Christ. When we light our Advent candles, these are the things that we think about and that we are looking forward to. And on Christmas Day, uh, other than the presents, hopefully five minutes, five seconds, you think, wow, we are giving each other presents because we have received the biggest present of all, which is life. As I said, hopefully, sometime in the day, it crosses your mind. With the I hope I got the new Xbox. But, what we forget, so that's the one coming. What we forget is that before he ascended into heaven, he gave a command. He gathered all his disciples, who were now a little less confused, they were still confused, only the arrival of the Holy Spirit really made them click everything. He gathered them all up around him and he told them what? He told them, my job has now become your job. Don't, don't worry, you're not going to have to do it from yourself because you would suck. I am sending the Holy Spirit to you to help you. So wait to Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit and then Go do, go be who I, who I was. As we wait on the coming of God, on the coming of Christ, as we light each Advent candle, it should also remind us that it's not just about His coming, but it's about our becoming. Our becoming our deeper, our better selves. What happens when you focus just on Christ? <coughs> it's a beautiful story. We end with that glad tiding, all of us are great for another year. What happens when we remember that it's also about our becoming? It means that there's more to the story than just being happy and being thankful for the privilege of the gift. It means that we need to share the gift. And in terms of that, I want us to, I'm going to read one or two pieces from 1 John. Uh, you don't have to follow, follow, you can listen to me, it's not going to be that much text. But it's in 1 John. Uh, it's from three of the chapters, I'm not going to read all of the chapters, don't worry. But a beautiful thing which reminds us of this is that in 1 John he talks about the fact that the letters, these letters that he's writing are letters that he writes because of the Word of God, which is Jesus, who existed and who came and who people were able to touch, they were able to talk to him, they were able to eat with him. 
And from there, they were able to spread the good news that he's light. So, if that we've heard this message from him, from the sun, the message is God is light. There is no darkness at all in him. If then we say that we have fellowship with him, yet at the same time live in the darkness, we are lying both in our words and in our actions. But if we live in the light just as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus. His son purifies us from every sin. We need to, we can't just say we are in life. We need to live lives that shine light, which is beautiful considering we are lighting candles. We need to be the candle. In John, 1 John 2, he talks about the fact that even though we will always be sinners, and God has forgiven us through Jesus Christ for the sins we do, there is still, if we obey God's commands, then we are sure that we know him. Those who say that they know him, but do not obey his commands, are liars, and there is no truth in them. All those who obey his words are people whose love for God has really been made perfect. This is how we can be sure that we are in union with God. Those who say that they remain in union with God should live just as Jesus Christ did. If we want to claim union, we need to live lives that look like union. And last but not least, this is the story as it continues. In 1 John 3 verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Christ gave his life for us. We too, then, ought to give our lives for our brothers and sisters. Rich people who see a brother or a sister in need, yet close their hearts against them, cannot claim that they love God. My children, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. Our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in action. And in that, of course, we have the example of Jesus himself, who did not just come and talk a lot, give a monologue and then left, but who lived a life of sacrifice. In this living our testimony in South Africa, and especially with the crowd that we are as the place, there are two things I think we need to realize. The first thing is that we are really privileged. Privileged in the sense of being able to know God whether you met him gradually in your household, like like me, who was baptized, I can't remember, I didn't have a, in the near Carolina, in the water stream baptism story. But I gradually got to know God, and at some stage, started a relationship with him. It's not one of those dramatic stories. You have people, you might have a dramatic story, um, which was so exciting to me, I wish I had one of those, until I realized the agony it is to get to that point and then I didn't want it anymore. But those stories that start with darkness and pain and horror and then you meet God and it's beautiful, those stories, you've heard them. No matter what your story is, we are privileged enough to know, to know that we are known by God. 
Because every person on earth is known by God. Every person on earth is already touched by the Holy Spirit. But it's about whether they see it or not, recognize it or not. We are lucky enough to recognize it and to be able to accept it and to have it change our lives. But there is another kind of privilege that we in South Africa, as third place, as a community in the eastern suburb of Pretoria, need to talk about. And for that, I'm going to show you a small video clip. Uh, podcast, as I'll put it on Facebook. It's really bad um, definition, so everybody that's techie, just relax, just listen, <laughs> um, because it's a cell phone clip. But yeah, listen to it. Of life. That is a picture of life. 
Ladies and gentlemen, nothing you've done has put you in the league of trade right now. When I say go, on your mark, get set.
I think it's important that we acknowledge the head start, that we acknowledge the grace. Why? Because if we acknowledge it, then we can use it. That is an important thing. It's not even just about knowing that we are privileged on many different levels. And you, I hope, as part of training naked, which um, all of you understand, I don't know, Edwin, do you guys know what training naked is? Okay, so hashtag training naked is not about training naked. Please keep your clothes on. It's, it's about, am I disappointing you? I'm sorry, guys. Damn it. So, hashtag training naked is about putting yourself out there without taking your clothes off. In other words, becoming vulnerable. And in this week's hashtag training naked, I want you to ask God to reveal to you every day a way in which you are privileged, for which you can be thankful. And then I want you to, with the thanks, start using the privilege you have for the advantage of others. And remember, it's not just about money. Money is one of the privileges, definitely. But it's also about things like, if you were raised in a home with two parents, that is a massive privilege. There are lots of people who have never experienced that. And you might, you might be somebody who can build into their understanding of what good relationships can be. Not by preaching their ears off, but by being there for them and living the example that you are of somebody who was raised in the house with two parents. If we start using our privilege, we say thank you for our privilege and we start using it, then we start to live from a place of love, not fear, not anger, not jealousy, but love. And love is light. And once we start living in light, we start bringing the shalom that Jesus Christ brought <clears throat> and I'm sure all of you have been in sermons, I hope, that have at least talked about shalom, shalom. So you know that shalom is the Hebrew for peace, but it's about far more than peace. Shalom is about healing, about wholeness, about completeness, restoration. So it's about becoming perfect. That is what shalom is about. And that is what Jesus started when he arrived and said, the kingdom of God is here. And he showed it in his life, in his actions, in his words. And the beautiful and the scary thing is that, yes, we are celebrating the fact that he came, that he went up, that we have the Holy Spirit. We are hopefully now also, every time you light a candle, think about Advent, going to be thinking, it's also about my becoming. Am I becoming Jesus? because that's what we need to be. He said, live life like me. Am I becoming Jesus as I'm growing in my life? That becoming? That we also realize that we are still living in an imperfect world. And we have talked about this a few times. We're probably going to talk about it a few times more. The kingdom of God is here. We are already part of the kingdom. But it's also not completely here yet. So it, we are in the now, but it's also the not yet. 
which can be very frustrating and very, it's one of the reasons I'm sure most of us have long and angry talks with God sometimes, because it would be easier if things were perfect, if we were in the, with the now and the not yet we're together. But the beauty of living in the not yet is that we are given the chance to change the people around us. And we're not talking, you don't have to change 50,000 people's lives. The few people in your life around you, we are given the chance to change, to build into their lives and change their lives because of the hope and the love and the light we have inside of us, like Jesus did with his life. It's both a massive responsibility, but I sometimes, well, oftentimes I tell God, I do not know what you were thinking with that one. Um, you know us better than that. But it is something that he has given us the chance to do. So may we, as we celebrate Advent, may we remember that Christ came, and in his coming, we have been saved, we have been redeemed fully, we have been restored, so our lives are actually the shalom. But may we also realize that our lives are the shalom because we are supposed to share it with those around us. May Advent be our time of becoming, not just this year, every year. And may God's peace and wholeness spread to others through us. Which is different from saying, when we talk about spreading God's wholeness, it's not, Ray, do you know where you're going to go when you die? That's not spreading God's wholeness. Spreading God's wholeness is being His love in other people's life. Being His light and His presence. And trusting Him that He will do what needs to be done. That is my prayer, my wish for us. <coughs> For this season. I'm going to end with a prayer, which is a song. You don't have to sing along, you can just listen. Um, a little bit of a confession of sorts. Uh, so if you want to close your eyes, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Go and watch the lights, and we'll be welcome. You search me, you know me, you see my every move, there's nothing I could ever do to hide myself from you, you know my thoughts.
Thank you. 